Welcome back to Mishnah Yomi. Today we're continuing to learn Masech Subas Parak Ches, Mishnah Dalit, and Mishnah Hay, and we're discussing the rights that a husband has to his wife's property uh, at, at the beginning of marriage, during the marriage, and today we'll talk about when the marriage ends. Today's Mishnayas I want to dedicate in Lazecher Nishmas, David ben Fivish, David Newman, who was a beloved member of our congregation, a beloved member of our community. Today is his first yard, yard site. We miss him dearly. David was a man who really was just a wonderful person, a wonderful father, and someone who was just a pleasure to be around. He was funny, he was fun, and he was smart, and just he really someone who we, we really miss, I really miss, and I want to dedicate today's Mishnayos in his memory. Rav Shimon Omer says, Rav Shimon, Makam shiyafakach b'chnisaso, harukach b'tiyaso, makam shiyafakach b'chnisaso, yafakach b'tiyaso. So he says, again, a little bit of a cryptic statement, in a place where his rights are strong when he gets married, his rights, therefore, are weak when he divorces her. In a place where his rights are weak when he marries her, his rights are strong when he divorces her. What does this mean? So we'll explain right now. Fruits that are attached to land when they get married, as we said, when they get married, now, as we said in the previous Mishnah, that he gets, he acquire, he doesn't acquire the land, he acquires the rights to the land, and he acquires the fruits that are growing on that land. They are now his. But if they get divorced, when, if they get divorced, and there's payrolls attached to the land, she gets the land back with whatever fruits are on the land, even though he was the one who spent time growing and cultivating those fruits. Similarly, or the other way, we said previously, fruits were detached, this is going according to the Chachamim, if fruits are detached, when they get married, she keeps them, and we said, right, right, and she sells them, buys land with it. But if when they get divorced, whatever was detached, he gets to keep. Okay, even though it could have belonged, even though, you know, we said if, when they got married, it belonged to her. Let's say she inherits old slaves or old maidservants who can't do any work or aren't productive, which means they're just a drain on their uh, bank account. Yimkro. Uh, the husband can sell them against her will. He can say, "Sorry, I don't want this. I don't want to. I don't want to pay for this. It's a burden on our finances." He can sell against her will. Parenthetically, she can also sell against his will. Okay. The yilkach ben karkuhu v'ochperes and land should be bought with the whatever whatever money they make, and he eats the fruit from it, and she gets the land. She cannot be forced to sell them because she can say, "Look, these came from my father's house. People look at this. They represent the glory of my father. Look how wealthy he was." And I don't want to uh, lose that. Nuflo zaysim fun as a cane. Let's say she inherits old grape trees or olive trees, which don't yield much fruit either. You can sell them as firewood, even against the husband's will. Excuse me, the husband can do it against her will. You can and land she bought with whatever uh, money this firewood generates, and you can um, and he eats the fruits. says no. She cannot be forced to sell them. Because she says they they, they represent my, the glory of my father's house. Okay. Lastly, as we've been stating, woman owns land. The husband can benefit from it. The husband, we said the husband can't make it depreciate in value, but he can invest in it and actually make it go up in value. He can build a house, he can cultivate a vineyard, etc. What happens when the husband spends a tremendous amount of money upgrading his land and, and then they get divorced? How do we uh, work out? How do we um, arbitrate so that the husband can get back all the money that he invested in it because now he's not going to benefit from it. So it says our Mishnah, ishto. A person expends great amount of money to improve the wife's property. Whether he spends a lot and at the end of the day, the land doesn't produce anything, he never makes back his investment, or he spends a lot and he, 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 and he makes a lot. 
Um, and he, he he invests a lot and he makes a lot of money. The Allah is what he spent, he spent. What he ate, he ate. That is, he leaves the marriage, the land goes back to his wife, and he does not get compensated for all the effort and all of the money that he invested in this land. So whether he invested a tremendous amount and made back very little, or invested a tremendous amount and made back a lot, he leaves the property to his wife, however it is. However, that is only when he does benefit somewhat from his investment. Because we could say, just like if I have land, my own property, and I invest in it, it's a, it's a, I take the risk that I, maybe I'll make the money back, maybe I won't make the money back. However, if he improves the land, and he gets no benefit from it, so then he can claim, it's not like I invested in my property, rather I invested in your property. We have a law, which we're not going to get into. If I go to your house and I invest in it, and I improve your house, so you have to pay me, again, not top top dollar, but to pay me for to some extent for what I invested and what I improved in your house. Therefore, if he spends a lot and does not eat any of it, so he can say, look, I improved your property. I got no benefit from it. So he should swear he didn't take anything. Come, he should spend how much, swear how much he took, how much excuse me, he invested. He can take that money back as compensation. I wish you all a wonderful day.